Welcome to Two Girls, One Mic. I am your host, Cotton Tanga, and here with me, although virtually, is the lovely Dobby Smock. Hello. How the bloody hell are you doing? Well, I've I've had better days, I'm not going to lie. It's a TMI, which I'm pretty sure you used in the last episode, but I am, I'm on my period this week. It's the first day, I'm in agony, and I've had about three hours sleep, so yeah, it's... Uh, Sounds it lovely. Feels, it feels like my eye, my eyes uh, are resting on toothpicks. That's what it feels like at the moment. I feel just a little bit awake. I wondered why those awake. were. <laughs> what about you? How are you? I'm okay. I had. I don't know if it's a. I'm taking it as a compliment. I uh, vape and I don't like buying stuff offline, particularly because there's a, a shop near us that I've been going in for quite a while and I like to support their business during this difficult time. So I rang today. I was like, can I get this, this and this? And I was reading my card number out and he was like, you have a lovely telephone voice. And I was like, thank you. I am underappreciated in this world. Thank you. <laughs> I also have a job interview next week. I have been unemployed since July last year and I am in my feelings about it, Dobby. In my feelings. When you say in your feelings, what do you mean by that? Uh, So it's for the team that I was on before. Really? Really. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) And the interview panel, I don't know whether the woman I made a complaint about will be on the panel my ex-work wife tells me that she's going on maternity leave as of March, which could mean next week. I don't know. Um, part of me did not want to apply for this job, but the other broke part of me was like, we need food. So I mean, I don't, if oh God, it's one of those where you think like, if this wasn't real life and there were no repercussions to your actions, I would say, get yourself a boombox Fucking get your cue, cue up your intro music. Like, you're ready for this? That's how I'd I'd enter. And it'd just be like, you thought you could get rid of it. It'd be like a walk, you know, like a wrestler walking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like a promo. Exactly, yeah. So, like, what would your, if you was a a wrestler, what would your walk-on music be? Because that would be like, should be your interview. Uh, one like I I've said this for many many a year and full on Poochie knows this. I am obsessed with the intro to Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Uh-huh. I just love it. I think it's so amazing. And I, I've even <laughs> I've joked about it. Well, when I was drunk, sometimes when I'm not so drunk, like, <laughs> I, I would have that as my walk down the aisle music. Like wow. just Very yeah, romantic. I was like. I know, I was like, this song is not romantic, but I was like, I just want that as an intro. You know, like when you watch like, Live at the Apollo and things like that, and people yeah. use like Kasabian and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I was uh, fair enough, but for me, that is my that would be my walk-on music, and I would have that as like a proper big me up before an interview, and then I'd sit down and fuck it up. <laughs> I think I'd have um, Here Comes the Boom by right. uh, P.O.D., I think it is. Oh, yeah, no, I can, yeah, I can, I can hear it in my head now. And I'd have like one of those, I know they're not dressing gowns, but those dressing gown things that boxers wear to the ring. <laughs> and it would have fuck you, bosses, <laughs> ex-boss's name on the back of it. And that's how I'd leave. <laughs> exactly. But... You, you'd need a microphone just to drop it. Or <laughs> I know. Like that. <laughs> like, I've got some things to say to you. <laughs> and none of them are good. <laughs> we need to work on our smart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Your penmanship it. is terrible. <laughs> you used 
a semicolon when you should have used a colon. <laughs> it's my smack talk. I'm coming for your grammar, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's proper cheered me up. <laughs> so I'm in my feelings about it, and I, I don't know. But also, the man who's coming to fix the damp in my living room is also coming on the same day. <laughs> So he's he's coming at 9.30. My interview's at 10.50. It's really weird. You have an interview with the panel at 10.50 and then you meet the rest of the team who I already know. I'm like, I'd be like, hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> I mean, but hopefully, hopefully the fact that you know them, it will, does that make you feel more nervous or less nervous? More nervous, I think. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Nervous. I have, I mean, for the job that I'm in, I've worked there for like four years. Yeah, four years. And I've had to interview for my job three times. And every single time, they always go, oh, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. It's just a conversation. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know the fucking answer, do I? <laughs> you know, I? And also, it's a conversation where your livelihood literally rests on it. Yeah, I don't ever really think when I when I'm speaking to my <laughs> boss, like, will I be able to pay? Will I be able to pay my mortgage next next month due to what yeah. I say in this next ten minutes? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Stop tapping, Sorry. by the way. Stop tapping. <laughs> this yeah. is. I'm gonna leave this one in because. I told you before we started to record to get all of your hand tapping (laughs) out and you didn't. (laughs) So before we go into what the episode today is about, I wanted to ask your opinion on the Free Britney thing, because I know you've watched the documentary now. Yes, yes, I have. How did you feel after you watched it? I think when I, after I watched it, I just saw like, even now that the documentary is out, why is there still nothing being done? Mm. Why are... Why why is it taking its time still? Yeah, I it think, just didn't, it didn't make any sense to be honest. No, I think what pissed me off the most about her situation, and yes, it's gonna sound like I'm an angry feminazi, but I don't care because I am. It's men in her life that have controlled it and have had the negative impact on it. So if you listen to what her talent agent said, dad was immediately about the money. Right, because I was I was discussing this with my sister yesterday and I said, at the beginning, when it's talking about her as a kid, I thought, I was in my mind when I listened to it, I thought, yeah, you get a kid that gets hyper fixated over like a certain activity and you think... Fucking hell, how much is this going to take me out of pocket? So it was like when mm. it was like, he's straight away, he's about the money. I was like, yeah, she's singing and dancing. Like, it's normally the mums that are like, that are the big fans of that and that are like super encouraging. Yeah, yeah fair, like fair enough. But then when it gets later on in the documentary mm-hmm. and it's like, he was going to step in to be her executor and she was like, I'll do everything, just not let him as my, I know. my executor. I know. And that, that, and I was just like, that is full of, that makes more sense. I was like, as a as a little kid, it, it kind of be, it might have been that do you know what money's tight. I would just want to make sure that this is going to be worth it in the end. Yeah, which I understand, I understand. But just his obsession with the money, and then JT Trouser Snake oh, had a yeah. massive negative impact on her career, as well as Janet Jackson's. And oh yeah, totally. His, his poor apology that it was after like you were never going to apologize until you were called out for it. 
Well, oh yeah, totally. But that's the thing is that because once again, I was like thinking, well, I grew up listening to Britney, and I remember at that time all the in the tabloids in the UK. Obviously, they were also following the fact that mm-hmm. uh, Britney and Justin had split up, and I remember because it was like oh, she's cheated on him. How dare she? You know, like making out like he's a fucking golden child, and. um I noticed that she never said, yes, I did cheat. He well, that's it, but no, the, that's what it was like. He, yeah, it was all insinuated. It was never a yes or a no or not mm. all like that. On the, I'm pretty sure it was a Sun newspaper in the UK. I mean, I don't know, it could have been fucking news of the world. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, It was a picture, and it looked like a CCTV picture of her and another man. Oh, mm. I say, you know, obviously it was like, it was blurred, but it was like Britney cheating. When I saw it, I remember thinking like, okay, well that's that's kind of proof, you know, like but mm. once again like, well why isn't anybody actually coming out and saying but I remember yeah, all that with the whole like Crimea River and everyone was pretty much going, That is a blatant Britney. It uh, was. like yeah, it sort was. of um slash back thing. Oh, my heart was like breaking for her during like the interviews. The bit that probably got me because I took notes. I took notes as I went through it because once again I was like going, if we're gonna talk about it here Well, as I told you before, I'm in a ranty mood. So, um, go ahead. All right. We're here so, for you. So, the first thing that I actually put, right, to go back towards the beginning, what I found so fucking creepy about it was like when she was being interviewed as a little girl by a, an older man, he looked like, you know, it was like gray hair, uh, mm. looked like in his 50s. And he says, of all, so I put that, of all the things to ask about, have you got a boyfriend? Even the person that was being interviewed for this documentary was like, because that's all that girls want to talk about, you know, or that's yeah. the only thing that you can ask a little girl. And then she says no, and he says, why not? She says, I'm mean, and it's like, oh, 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 oh. Um, it's something that like, oh, kids say the darndest things. And he says, well, I'm not mean, what about me? And at my answer, I was like, ding, ding, ding. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're old enough Pedo to be alert. a grandfather. Pedo alert. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I literally, I think I just put in capital letters like "fuck right off," and that yeah, it was Haley Hill, former stylist, that said that. It's like, what, what else could we possibly talk to a woman or a girl about? It's the fact that does she has a boyfriend? Does she have a boyfriend? If not, why not? Are you a virgin? Mm. Like, I why think- does that matter? I think the bit in that documentary that killed me, and you know me, I'm not a crier. I don't get emotional about stuff like that. I, I'm the person that gets upset about animal rescue videos but doesn't give a shit about (laughs) human beings but that paparazzi hounding her while she's got her baby in her arms and then I did it didn't wasn't mentioned on the documentary but I saw it in an article afterwards she went into a local restaurant and asked to for them to let her sit and wait for the paparazzi to leave and they were like yeah yeah we'll protect you instead the restaurant owner took money off the paparazzi and allowed them in and to photograph her and she was sat there crying with her baby on her lap like being a mother i am not a mother but i can imagine it's a fucking stressful time of life Mm. like why why hound these people and I mean, that, it just, it pissed me off. The, I mean, the paparazzi guy, I when I was sort of discussing it with my sister yesterday, I was like, well, he can fuck off into the bin Scum. as far as I can uh, concern it. Because, like, that when he was, like, because he was also the guy who basically hounded her while she was trying to visit her kids mm-hmm. after having, what was it? It was, like, her visitation revoke. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah it but she suspended. Went, yeah. It basically got the infamous photo of her, uh, clubbing uh, a car with an umbrella 
and her kind of like the head yeah and it was like after you know sneering at the the guy and filming it as well so it's a you know you you can hear him saying like oh oh, just calm down calm down and it's like ridiculous it does not surprise me that harry and megan have gone somewhere more remote because harry was worried that megan would end up like his mother hounded to death by paparazzi why Mm -hmm. is it legal for them to do that is it not stalking? Come on. Well, as you said, it's like the fact that she was crying with a baby and all that. I, I myself, I'm not a mother, but can you imagine having to deal with the pressure of being a I new know. mother as well as in front of the eyes of everybody and dealing with possibly dealing with postpartum depression? Yeah, and it's every like, decision you make questioned by people that have no right to question how you're doing things but also no skin in the game like what business is it of mine and yours what uh britney spears is feeding her baby or you know it's 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 got nothing to do with us and i don't understand the obsession the the part that stood out for me quite a lot with the paparazzi in particular was the fact of he goes well well if she'd have just said that she wanted us to leave her alone we would have but she said guys can you leave me alone today she never said can you leave me alone forever oh, we would have done and i wouldn't. i was just like going no you fucking wouldn't have no absolutely wouldn't. no way yeah and i was just like kind of going oh don't make this as if you were caring about her well-being and as well as so the whole the fact when he goes like well she was enjoying it at the beginning i was like going yeah no fucking shit she was a preteen. Do you know yeah. what? Yeah, she probably did enjoy it, but she is allowed to change her mind yeah. at some point and say, oh, by the way, you know, like, I was having fun before and this was all fun and games, but do you know what? I'm not having as much fun anymore. Please leave me Please alone. Please leave me alone. But and... this is what I don't understand. How is it when celebrities say, fuck off and leave me alone and the uh, paparazzi carry on? How is that not illegal how is that not some form of stalking they're lying out in way outside people's homes outside of restaurants outside of their children's schools how is that not stalking mm-hmm. well, if i like, was doing when you and we weren't friends and i was just like everywhere where you were and i was sat outside your house waiting for you to come out i'd be arrested would i not mm-hmm. exactly well that and but then it pisses me off more even more though the fact that the media then prints do you like say for example when people eventually have had enough and then they kind of they lose it a little bit and they lash out at the paparazzi then they're labeled as the bad guys yes and that was something that you sent me the article that um, mara wilson had written uh, mm-hmm. everyone out there who maybe doesn't know Mara Wilson when me and uh, Dobby were kids Mara Wilson was a huge child star she was in Matilda Miracle on 34th Street Mrs Doubtfire big big movies and you won't have heard of her acting in recent stuff because she took a big step away from that world she wrote an article throwing her two cents in about the Britney Spears thing and she gave an example of how she was promoting a movie and was told by the studio that she could have her birthday off, her 13th birthday, which when you are a kid, 13 feels like fucking 18 because you're a teenager and you can't tell me what to do anymore, mum. I'm a teenager. It's a big birthday. And it turns out the studio lied to her and had booked her in for press junkets all day. When she arrived for this Q&A with a journalist, they, her helpers were like, would you like a soda? No, thank you. Do you want us to turn the air off? No, thank you. And then the journalist asked her, how are you today? And Mara, being 13 years old, having to work on her birthday, was honest and said, 
oh, it's a bit rubbish because it's my birthday today and I can't celebrate it. That journalist then wrote up how she was a spoiled brat who should be grateful of the attention. And I, when I read that, I was like, how can an adult twist a child's words like that? Mm. And then in the same article, the journalist had asked her, what do you think of Britney Spears? Because I think it was around the time that, oh, what happened? Oh, the cheating oh, I think, it yeah, was around... I think she, yeah, she she's around our age. So she, like us, she would have grown up with Britney Spears being, or being you know, kind of... Yeah, but I think at this... She partic- would have had knowledge of her. At this particular time, I think it was when the Justin and Britney drama had hit the press and Mara was asked about her and Mara's pub... Uh, what do you call it? Publicist. Publicist, yeah. Publicist had told her to, she's a bad girl. You don't want that reputation. You want to maintain the wholesome, innocent child actress. So she said, oh, I'm not really a fan. The journalist turned that into, Mara Wilson hates Britney Spears. Like, mm-hmm. it disgusts me. It disgusts and it, me. And as I, I think it's worth putting the links, uh, that link for that. Oh, 100%. In the show notes. I will do. Because she goes on to say, I think at that, well, she's reflected on it and said that since then, I don't think I, well, I didn't hate her. However, I was going through the the phase of I'm not like other girls. Yeah. A bit of a rebellion phase, which is fair enough. She's 13. Most girls go through that. It it was always a kind of a compliment when a guy told you as a teenager. You're not like other girls. You're not like other girls. (laughs) You know, you know, that kind of stuff. And you actually feel special and all that. That's what she saw it as a just, well, Britney represents the majority, like what majority of girls like, and I'm trying to find my own thing. Which is not like other girls. Yeah. And then obviously <laughs> it's, you know, you find out later on that you're allowed to like many things. And then yeah. you kind of go, okay, I, I've changed my mind or I've changed my views. Yeah. Do you know what? But though, okay. So Mara Wilson was 13 years old and she, she thought, well, I don't want that kind of, that kind of thing. What shocked me in the Free Britney uh, documentary was the senator's wife or something like that. That's like <gasps> if I had the if I had the opportunity to shoot Britney Spears, I would. Uh, I that really shocked me because I was once again it was like going that's coming from an extremist point of view, but that is a who will who will think of the children, who will protect these children? Well, somebody I will the children. Uh, yeah, I will by supposedly by shooting. A completely defenseless woman that's done, that's done absolutely nothing wrong except try and take control of her career and earn a living. Firstly, that senator's wife, the senator's definitely cheating on her. That's why she's salty about it. Secondly, this is why there shouldn't be guns because the, the idea of guns don't kill people, people do. If this senator had a handful of buns and threw them at Britney Spears, it's not going to cause any damage, is it? But if she has a gun and shoots Britney Spears, that's likely to kill her. Oh, that uh, and a, a lot of interviewers seem to take quite a lot of delight in pointing out how many people were saying that she was awful, that she was slutty. Because, once again, because she was changing her image, because, heaven forbid, she's growing up. She's I know, changing. I know. She, so, you know, the fact she has songs like not a girl not yet a woman it's it's making it pretty obvious of the fact of like i'm growing up and i'm learning and all that kind of stuff and i mean I, re- I remember i remember when i was about when i was about no i must have been about 11 or something like that fucking it like i love the britney spears album is it oops i did it again with like stronger on it that's like my favorite britney song so. of all time also it had lucky on it so i was just like going 
the lucky is clearly a fucking cry for attention. You know, the fact that I was like, going, the fact that it's a hit as well, because first of all, I was like going, oh, I wonder what this means. And then obviously growing up, I went, oh shit. Oh my God. I think God, you that's... mean cry for help, not cry for attention. Cry for attention, cry for help. That's, oh God. <laughs> yeah, God, Brittany. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, a cry for, it was a cry for help. I mean, literally, you just need to read the lyrics or like listen to the lyrics. What and was the go, song that she had after Give Me More? Say for you? Is it that one? No, no. Give me more was after the head shaving incident. It was like uh, another day, another drama, and the paparazzi. Was it paparazzi? No, (laughs) I don't don't know. To be honest, I was like, she's talking about. She peaked with stronger for me. I mean, that's my absolute favorite. In this song, she's talking about how no matter what she does, there's somebody saying that she's doing it wrong. And she talks about some of the negative um, press stories that have been about her and that kind of stuff. And I thought that was a real big fuck you. Um, But I also 100% stand with her about not performing until um, Jamie Cunt Spears is no longer her um, conservator. Do you know what though? I, with all of it though, it's piss. It pisses me off the fact that that the media isn't being held more accountable. Mm-hmm. And it, yes, it, since then, a few of them have come out and apologised. Not good um, enough. Yeah, not good enough, really. I mean, because look, it's it's the same with people like Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Burns, and even like Christina Aguilera when she did her whole dirty phase. Because like I remember when like that happened around about the same time that. Britney did like Lucky and all that kind of stuff and everybody were comparing both of them and mm-hmm. I remember watching an interview with Christine Aguilera and she said I've always been like this I just wanted to like let myself show and obviously Christine yeah. Aguilera she's gone through many different phases in her uh, in her singing career mm-hmm. um just like the audacity that she she wears such low uh, low riding pants low riding pants and that kind of stuff i'm but- just saying though she stole the look off lita from the wwf who used to have her thong above her pants just saying <laughs> but um <laughs> i think as well as in terms of the, like women the way that they're portrayed in the media it's like like amanda burns in particular when they were documenting when she was having a bit having a breakdown it was like so many people were saying that she needed help but the media recorded it like a car oh crash. yeah yeah but and- look at in the uk Caroline Flack, Amy yeah. Winehouse, exactly. hounded yeah, exactly. until they were dead. What the night that um, the police were called to Flack's home on reports of domestic abuse, her neighbour told the paparazzi what was going on because Caroline was covered in blood and everybody assumed it was her partner's, but it wasn't. She'd hurt herself. Mm-hmm. He had cut herself. And then, yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, be kind, be kind. But the second a celebrity is having some sort of breakdown we are all on the bandwagon of looking at them so they're feeling like they're under a microscope and then just, you know, talking shit about them because it makes you feel better about your own lives, doesn't it? Yeah, and it is. It's like a car crash, That really. It's like you can't look away even though you've been, you know, you're telling yourself you should. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, with <clears throat> Caroline Flack, though, I mean, because really she got, was it for people people that aren't from the UK and don't know her name, she was, she was a media... Ugh. She, she was, was a TV a, presenter. A TV presenter. Of if you ever watched like Love, Island Love Island. And like a few other things as well. Like, but she was getting quite well known. Oh, uh, weren't they like X Factor or Britain's Got Talent and things she like that? She was the host of uh, X Factor's sister show, The Extra Factor. She was also a, a Strictly Come Dancing champion. And she was uh, a star of 
London's West End. That's like Broadway, isn't it? The West End. Yeah, she's a household household name in the UK. It, there was, as um, as Cotton Tang has said, so one night it was that there was police got called out to her place, and it was reports of domestic abuse of her against her partner. Basically, the it was a big media sensation because they were trying to highlight more that oh men get abused by women too in particular what was it the police were saying well we're taking this extras extra seriously because basically she's a celebrity and we got to prove that basically women can't women can't get away with this and they basically wanted to make an example of her and she she took her own life as a result of all the, like the pressure that she was under even i mean even was it her partner who didn't want to press charges no no he didn't well. he didn't um so it was really tragic. It happened uh, early uh, 2020. So it's really not that long ago. No, it's not. And it's not. Yeah. It just, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. So, Dubs, this episode, we are talking about coming out. I'm coming, coming out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I want the world to know. <laughs> Which isn't, we're not just um, jumping on the LGBTQ. Plus. I can never remember what the end ones are, but it's. It's LGBT History Month. Mm-hmm. Which is why we decided to do this. Yeah. Uh, and to do this one. Because also we are both um, under the bracket of LGBT. We are... We both identify as bisexual. Yes. So we wanted to talk about our stories. So to start off, I'm going to throw some stats at you. Just throw them at you. Uh, this is from the Office of National Statistics. According to them, the proportion of the UK's population that identifies as LGBT has risen from 1.6% in 2014 to 2.2% in 2018. Um, so that works out about 1.6 million people over the age of 16, which when you look at that statistic, 2.2% is my new, and yet still people feel the need to to harass them but we'll get on to that we'll get on to that something i find interesting as well men are more likely to identify as lgb than women so that's 2.5 percent versus two percent for us ladies mm, i i would have thought it'd be the other way around but okay yeah uh younger people so those aged uh 16 to 24 um were most likely to identify as lgb in 2018 so that's about 4.4 percent and then looking at geographics, which interested me, I was like, ooh, where about in the UK is the gayest? People in London are most likely to identify as LGB. That's 2.8%. And those in the Northeast are least likely at 1.8%. And then something that, that I also found interesting, and it just, I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but it did. More than two thirds, so 68.7% of LGB people are single have never been married or been in a civil partnership. Oh, okay. I just found it funny that ONS decided that we needed to know that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. like, it, nobody it's... loves them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a load of these these single ones. I was about, <laughs> I was about to say something a lot worse now. <laughs> it's like these sad acts, but no, honestly. Like, I, well, hey, I'm sure as... Yeah, exactly. That's me. <laughs> I was like going, oh, no, I'm looking at a sad act. Well, you are a sad act, actually. I am. I am, but yeah. for different reasons. <laughs> no, there is definitely... I would... I would jokingly say that about you, but I would never actually. Jo- I would never actually say that about somebody that was single and looking for love or anything like that. Uh, I am single, but not looking for love. Uh, it's too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> 
so when did you realize that you were bi then? I think I kind of realized when I was in school. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my best friends in school. What Is this high school or primary school? Oh, high school. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, like, I hated everybody in primary school. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my best friend at the time, he was, he was gay and he identified as gay. Uh, he said that he'd always known that he was gay as well. Mm -hmm. Kind of, I think knowing him and that kind of gave me comfort in knowing that there were other people as well. But it, it, I never came out when I was in school. I came out when I was in college and it surprised me how many people I knew or that I associated with in college that also went, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm bi or I'm, uh, I'm gay. You know, and it was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. It was it was cool because I didn't go to my I didn't go to my school sixth form because I wanted to branch out and I wanted to meet new people, like and also me. they didn't have the courses I wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> that that was quite good. But I mean, it was quite terrifying as well, like being in school because I saw the amount of shit that my friend got for being gay but in terms of me actually finding out that or realizing that i was bisexual i had a i had a slight crush on a girl that was in my science class but it was one of those because i was so grippingly shy that the only interaction we ever had was i think it was just we we'd mess around with pipettes in the science classroom oh, and just <laughs> yeah, and I just remember us laughing about the fact that we'd got and we'd ruined somebody's book because we'd just throw some salt water and sprayed it up in the air, ruined their books, and it was hilarious. And it was one of those of like, oh, marry me. <laughs> it really was. So, but, and it's it's one of those now of like going, oh, I wonder what, no. <laughs> um, you come off from work, you look at your partner and you're like, what if you were a lady? <laughs> No, um, no. I, can, uh, but... I can pinpoint the moment where I realized I liked girls as well as boys. It was in primary school. My mum let me watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was the first time I ever saw Eliza Dushku's face. I was like, Oh, well, I see, like, no, I didn't. Hello. I didn't realize we were talking about that. I was going <laughs> to say, like, if you if we're talking about that, then yeah, it's a lot earlier for me. It was Cameron Diaz in the mask. It was. Um. <laughs> I just sat there and I was like, she's so pretty. It I was, wonder what her hair smells like. <laughs> it, for me, it was Cameron Diaz in The Mask. It was Drew Barrymore in Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah, it 100%. Was, but not uh, Cameron Diaz in Charlie's Angels. Nah, she was too chipper for me. I was like, I'm all about the badass. Um, Rachel Rachel Vice in uh, The Mummy. <laughs> and Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. <laughs> That was that. I just still maintains as the entire one of my cast, <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Oh, I mean, I've totally forgotten the guy's name who um, who plays the oh the dark the, and mysterious stranger guy. I can't remember him as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even to be fair, even um, Anoxamon uh, or what she got um, Anoxamon. Yeah, that's it. Her. <laughs> I was Oof, just like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was just like, Imatech, chuck him in. Why not? <laughs> Man. No, I was just like, do you know what? I'm I'm fine with that. Just but like, that movie is amazing. <laughs> I can see why Imhotep wanted to bring her back. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah, but no, it was Faith. Just not, in... not Benny. Just no, not Benny. No, no, he's gross. He got what was coming to him. It was Faith in Buffy, um, but I didn't. Re I probably couldn't. I wouldn't have known that that was 
what being bisexual was. Mm-hmm. I just knew... yeah, I think in primary school, I was just like, that woman is stunning. I love her. And but it was like, I will watch this because of her. And I'm just staring. And I like, <laughs> I didn't know how to interpret the feelings. It was just no, no, yeah. You don't really have words for her that age. When did you come out to your parents? Well, right. Oh, well, I find this absolutely fucking mortifying. So I'm, obviously, we knew we were going to talk about this for a while. So like, I've had plenty of time to get over my embarrassment. But luckily, <laughs> luckily, this is an audio platform. So nobody will see my face going red except for Cotton Tanger because we're obviously we're zooming at the moment. It's a privilege. So when I was 16, I, this was so, like social media was just kind of becoming a thing. This was like still the Friendster time. And you are Facebook aging had, us. You are yeah, giving well, it. <laughs> <laughs> this was like MySpace, Bebo and things like that as well. Like Facebook had only just started. And so what I did was I, ma- I made a, like, a quiz about me. The quiz of <laughs> the quiz of <laughs> the quiz of Dobby. Who knows the most about Dobby? And that was one of the questions I put. It was like, "What sexuality am I?" I don't even know why the fuck I put it. To be honest, because it was like one of those of like, I'm not really out and identifying. It was like I'm just keeping it to myself. So I put down bisexual. It was like send it to your list, your email list. My mum was in my email list. I forgot about this, right? So my mum came home and went, oh, do you mind if we have a word? I was like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Sit down, like, what's up? She went, well, you know, uh, I received an email from you today. And I was like, an email? What? Like, and then it kind of clicked. I don't email you. What's going on? Yeah, I was like, click. I was like, mum, if you think it's me trying to sell you some like penis enlargement pills, <laughs> like I ain't got any. <laughs> Your know, penis so- is large as it doesn't need to be any bigger, mum. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not a prince of Nigeria <laughs> or anything like that. So, and um, yeah, so she went. So uh, my my mum has been taking like night classes and like uh, small classes to like enhance her like her English and maths and she did, just did shit at school and one of them was like a computer just a computer class uh, to make sure that she could function and do Excel and all that kind of stuff mm. and so she said like so I was clicking through it and I was going through it I thought I know I knew you pretty well and she was like but that one threw me but apparently so apparently my mum screamed in the class really <laughs> yeah she apparently she screamed in the class because obviously I was like, well, fucking fair enough. Like, I, I mean, to be fair, I've laughed. I laughed when she told me. Why and did she scream though? Well, no, because I think she was just like, I just didn't, obviously I didn't know at also, all. Also, why was is a, she checking her phone in class? No, Thanks it was email. <laughs> no, no, that, no, it was in, literally that was the, that was the, uh, the course. Oh, right, To okay. know how to do it. forgiven then. <laughs> yeah, to sort out your emails and all that. And she saw it and she went through it. But apparently she screamed. Like, you know, I just paused, like, proper horror struck. I was like, my face was absolutely mortified. And I was just like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I just, I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, my God, I, I didn't know. I, like, I can't believe it. To be fair to my mum, she went, it's a, she was like, I'm surprised that I found out the way that I did, but I'm not surprised. She went, you've always been a tomboy. And she went, to be honest, when she was like, I was really worried. And she, she'll she still say now, she, I was really worried when you were in primary school because all you wanted to do was play football with the lads. You never wanted to spend any time with girls. And it used to really worry me because I thought you were going to turn out to be gay and I was like all right okay but she then she went well 
whenever I spoke to the other mum, she went, oh, you've got it so lucky. Your daughter just, she's never going to grow up and be catty like all, you know, like what <laughs> girls are like in general. And so my mum was like, okay, I, like, I think, yeah, she was like, okay, this is a bit strange. And, but yeah, she said like, as long as you're happy, that's absolutely fine. But if you ever want to talk to me about it, I'm here. And I was just like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut that shit down now. I ain't talking to you about shit. That was it. That's all we ever talked about it. We've never really discussed it since. Apart from getting to know, getting to know you, getting to know some of our mutual friends that have also come out as being bi or pansexual or gay. Then my mum kind of goes like, oh, how, how did you, how do you get to know them and all that? And I think it's just, I don't know if she thinks that like, I doubt she thinks it now anyway, because I've been going out with Poochie for so long. But, um, ah. but it's always like, oh, how do you know that person? Are there, is there anything? My dad, however, oh. God, fucking hell right it makes me laugh because you know there is actually a thing like bisexuality day i decided the like so the night after i realized and i was quite drunk so <laughs> i fucking made a facebook post about it didn't i did you really yeah yeah i'll show it i'll have to show it you at some point because i i came out uh you know, i was like i kind of made it more public as a more of a to raise awareness of there are people like us among us and all that kind of stuff <laughs> i didn't tell my dad so the next day i got wow. a phone call from my dad and he went you so your stepmom's just shown me a post on um facebook and uh, i just wanted a bit of a heads up that's all because it kind of threw me and he just went i mean i'm all right with it but then he made me laugh because obviously this was like only a couple of years ago this was about five years ago he said does poochie know and i went <laughs> yeah like, yeah what are you on about and he went what does he think about it and i was like he's fine with it i went he went does this mean you have an open relationship and i, I went no i was just like no dad you, you can That's... be bisexual i was like a woman can be bisexual but still just be with one man yeah was like being bisexual doesn't instantly mean that you're gonna invite another person and he was like whoa 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 i'm gonna stop you there and all that then my gran rang me right and my gran is um well my gran was my best friend uh she was always like the person that i could talk to and things mm. like that and i remember at the time i was doing an overnight shift and i spoke to my gran about it and i ended up just oh i broke down in tears because obviously i was just like what why did i do this fucking thing on facebook i, I got support from people saying mm -hmm. you know like we love you no matter what and things like that which did it which i cried at as well because it's i don't know what it was it still is a massive fear that you're just going to get rejected by people mm -hmm. so my grand said she was just like well i love you no matter what you've always going to be my granddaughter to me and i was just like to hear that from her oh. was just like the you know like <laughs> i was crying and bawling my eyes out but she did say she went listen i'm not gonna tell you granddad and i just went i went that's absolutely i went that's absolutely fine i went there's no reason why you have to my granddad mm -hmm. is uh, he's a very staunch catholic he goes Ugh. to he goes to mass every sunday he um he's like literally i mean he know he doesn't even know that I, I have tattoos i mean i'm pretty sure if i didn't have piercings he'd be like nah nah she's do you only have one tattoo though yeah but that's but still like pfft. They were like, no, do not tell him. He will go mad at you. That's crazy. But do you know what, though? When I get after that, though, I think I posted just a couple of things on Facebook and it was saying, like, I don't know, like Wonder Woman's bisexual, you know, evidence shows and all that. And my mum rang me up and she went, you're talking too much about being bi. You need to shut up. And I was just like going, uh, fuck, no. <laughs> shut up, mum. <laughs> Your mum no, has a special I... way to parent. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, that, to be fair, one of the things I will say about like with me coming out, I am very fortunate in the fact that everyone's been very understanding. And if anything, it's just more, most of my family tend to be, you can just keep, keep it private. You know, it's that kind of thing, which is, that's fine by me. I'm not particularly out and loud and proud and all that kind of stuff. I am, I'm obviously, I'm a massive uh supporter and fighter of lgbt rights it's never like i've had to really tone it down or anything i'm a very relaxed and chilled out person so but i know other people that would be annoyed at that you know but mm. that once again it's it's everyone's different circumstances so it'd be nice if we got to a stage where people didn't have to come out because mm-hmm. it was just like a nothing issue that you got treated the same as people who were. Uh, well, that's it. I mean, like when obviously when like you you go for a job, they ask you about like your sexual orientation, and you can put down whatever. Like I yeah, but that's out, um, so that but, they reach their targets for equality. That's what that's about. Uh, but I've I had to come out quite a few times at work as well. Well, I say have to, had to. I have done to a couple of members of staff, but the, that's in regards of like they're the ones that run the LGBT stuff at work. And I'm like, guys, how can I be a more help? Uh, I'm not. I don't really. No, I don't really do it for the like to the students or anything like that. It's just more of a I'm I'm here as an ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they don't need to know anything else. I didn't come out to my mum until I was. How long ago was 2016? Five years ago? Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit before that. And my, I told my dad long before I told my mum. My background is I'm from an Irish Catholic family. I have two stepsisters, both of which are married to other women. One of them is uh, bisexual. So she's still bisexual despite being married to a woman. And my mum has feelings about that as well. <laughs> So I just thought like at that point in my life, I was single anyway. I was playing the field because I'd been with my ex for quite a while. I wasn't at the stage where I was bringing anybody home to meet my my mum. So I was like, yeah, she doesn't have to know. But after a drunken night out with one of my friends who is a lesbian and she'd met somebody recently and she was in that stage of relationship where it's all sunshine and rainbows, mm-hmm. that everything she said was like really positive oh and I like the way she does this and I like the way she does this you know that point where you just love everything the other person's doing like everything's Mm -hmm. cute it's not got to the point where it's a bit annoying yet so she was like fresh on this relationship hype and she was like we'll we'll get you to meet somebody we'll get you to meet somebody and I was like I don't want to meet anyone I'm good thanks Uh, she filled out an application form for me for first dates and didn't tell me so she sent it off and she put down that as by Uh, At that point in my life, I had no idea how TV works. (laughs) I thought I was just going to get a call one day. I'm like, you're going to be on TV. So I thought I can't go on national television and have a date with a woman without telling my (laughs) mum. So I remember getting the text. I just pulled up the car outside uh, my old house and I got text off this girl. I've just done this for you. Thank me later. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to call my mum then. So I rang her and she has this voice that she uses after work, like, hello, what do you want? Hi, mum. How are you? What? What's what's going on? What do you want? I've got something to tell you. And I said, I'm, I'm bye. And there was um, a pause. And then suddenly her pitch was a lot higher. Oh, oh, well, isn't that nice? <laughs> are you sure you're okay with that, mum? And she's like, mm, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And then she was asking me, 
questions about it and she was like does this mean that you're greedy is it like uh, yeah do you pick and choose like are you attracted more to one gender and I think some people do have more of an attraction maybe to ma- males or females I personally don't it's usually it's, it's the person rather than the, the genitals mm-hmm. so she was she was <laughs> I think she's hate saying that she's all right with it but she hasn't said anything mean or nasty about it I never told my nan but um, before my nan died, my stepsisters had both got married. And to say that she was, you know, an elderly Irish Catholic, she was like, love is love. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, like she wasn't no, supposed to at all. Good. I remember I used to call Tinder, let's play the game of Tinder. And my mum was playing it with me one day. <laughs> and it was like, what, what about... What about him? And I'm like, oh, mum, look at his beard. Or mum, he's holding a fish. Why do I want to say yes to this man? And then there was a a woman popped up and my mum didn't know what to do because she was throwing in her two cents before about, oh, he's attractive. And I was like, what do you think, mum? Yeah, I know. And she's like, oh, I I don't know. So you can think objectively that somebody is attractive. That Mm -hmm. doesn't make you any kinds of gay, mum. It doesn't rub off. Like, chill out. Mm-hmm. So I've got some stats from Stonewall, which is an LGBT charity in the UK. Are they in the US as well, Stonewall? I imagine so. Sorry, I imagine so. <laughs> Sorry. She's yawning, don't worry. Only half of lesbian, gay and bi people, it's about 46%, and 47% of trans people feel able to be open about their sexual orientation or gender identity to everyone in their family. Three in ten bi men about 30%, and almost one in 10 by women, about 8%, say they cannot be open about their sexual orientation with any of their friends, compared to just 2% of gay men and 1% of lesbians, um, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, I just I just want to make a point here, I'd, I hate being this person that says this, but I think bis, ha, bisexual people have a unique struggle, struggle even within our own community. And this isn't me saying that we have it worse off than anybody else. I'm not saying that at all. But I found as a woman who is looking to date other women, there are some lesbians who will not date a bisexual woman. They won't because they don't believe that bisexuality is a thing and that you're just hanging out with them until some good dick comes along which is not the case Mm. it isn't but it it just pisses me off I've been chatting to lesbians before and everything's going great and then they'll be like so what's your who's your last girlfriend and I was like oh I haven't really had a girlfriend recently I've just been sleeping around because I'm a whore but my last boyfriend like I'm sorry boyfriend what no no no, I don't date bisexual women go away mm. which is annoying because i think the community as a whole already gets enough shit from people outside of it mm-hmm. um and i imagine that's the same with trans people um you see a lot of turf lesbians coming for trans women mm. which is upsetting and it's you think those lesbians would be quick to complain about the way heterosexuals treat them but then have no problem or qualms in doing the same thing to people within their own community well, I know I got I got quizzed by somebody a couple of years ago. It was basically saying, "Well, why do you identify as bi when mm. so be, you are excluding trans people?" And once again, this is definitely something that I'd I'd like to 
discuss on another podcast because because i have to admit i i was like honestly i'm a bit still a little bit clueless i, I was like i've still got learning to do um mm-hmm. with a lot of things but you know because i was like i ain't got an issue with trans people at all they said well why don't you identify as pansexual then mm-hmm. and i was just like well i was like well what's the difference and it was like there isn't really a difference it's just a bisexual it kind of signifies like that there's only two genders and all that. and I was just like going, well, you got to understand when I was understanding sexuality and when I was kind of figuring it out myself, that was a term for it. I'd never heard of pansexual. Mm. So I identified more as bisexual. You know, I well, think the as opposed is pan is that you're attracted to the person irrespective of what gender identity they have, I think. So three in 10 LGBT people of faith take part at least once a month in a collective activity connected to their faith and a third of lesbian gay and bi people of faith and one in four trans people of faith aren't open with anybody in their faith community about their identity which does not shock me I went to a catholic school and not only did the kids that were open about their sexuality get bullied from classmates I remember once there was a rumor going around about someone in our friend group that was oh he's bi he likes girls and boys Ugh, disgusting so there was like an i am spartacus moment in our group i am bi well i'm bi <laughs> and it got the attention of the re teacher who was like that it's a sin it's disgusting and i remember we had like a, a young and i'm saying this in inverted commasate cool re teacher because he was like below 40 and he was explaining somebody asked him why homosexuality is a sin and i kid you not this is how he explained it well if you look at our parts women are like plug sockets and men are like plugs they fit together and somebody was like yeah but you can get adapters can't you that fits in multiple sockets so what does that mean (laughs) means don't go to a european socket if you're from britain (laughs) oh jesus oh my god Uh, what was it like at your school well, at my school, I mainly saw it through the eyes of what happened to my one of my best friends at the time. He was, I mean, he was quite weedy and quite thin, but he would get a lot of shit mm-hmm. for being gay. And it kind of like was that at the time, kind of like was he was the, the only gay in the, the village, so to say. Uh, mm-hmm. or he was the only out one. Yeah. Uh, so he got a lot of shit, especially, you know, like PE in the changing rooms and stuff like that. Yeah. And there were quite a few times where, uh, yeah, I'm ashamed to say it now. Unfortunately, I did say, like, can't, you know, like... Tone it, it down. Just, yeah, why wouldn't it be easier if you just went along with everyone? And he was just like, I, I wish I could, but, like, this is just not, not who, who I, I am. am. Yeah. And unfortunately, and the cat's out of the bag now. So I can't. And I do remember, like, he, he would confide in me sometimes when there would be times that he thought there might be something going on with like oh there's a bit of flirting with him and another guy Mm. but and it would always be that they would deny it they would staunchly deny it that always kind of broke my heart for him because it was just as a yes you have female allies but we we can only do so much yeah especially against especially against you know the lads lads that really irritates me about my mum sometimes where you'll see quite femme gay men who uh i don't know like like louis spence for example mm-hmm. and my mom would be like god can't you just tone it down not everybody needs to know that they're gay and i was like there are some men who are like that who aren't gay mum it that 
doesn't go hand in hand with being gay. That is just mm. his he's got quite a flamboyant personality. He I imagine someone like Louis Spence would be like that if he was straight as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and there there were there were some people that were like below below me a couple of years in the in the school. Then it'd be like, oh he's a dancer and he's flamboyant. He clearly is gay and stuff like that. Yeah. It, and it was just always as a I'm here to support, but as it was like I'm the shy loner walk at Flower Kid. I don't think I can do much, you know, except yeah. like I can help it's call sad. the teacher, <laughs> you know, and it is, it's it's so sad. You like, have to as... have a popular ally for yeah. kids to then back off. Um, yeah, it, it, and I, th- I think that's why now because I because I work in education. I think that's why I re- I truly am more of a. I am kicking down the door and going like I am here. I am here to support whatever yeah. you need. I that's will lift though. you above these kids because I just be, yeah because of I feel bad about well I feel because of the kind of the kind of school I went to or education mm. at that time you know but just make sure you're not literally lifting them above their heads <laughs> I don't I don't think that's allowed <laughs> oh these year sevens <laughs> I've got more stats from the Stonewall um I will put this in the source uh the sources bit on the episode mm-hmm. description as well nearly half so 45 percent of LGBT pupils including 64% trans pupils, are bullied for being LGBT in Britain schools. Um, This is down from 55% of LGB pupils who experienced bullying in 2012 and 65% in, in 2007. So it is coming down, but I do feel like it coming down for LGB students because it's going up for trans students. I don't know about how what you feel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, half, oh yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Uh, half of LGBT pupils hear homophobic slurs frequently or often at school. Um, so seven in 10 LGBT pupils report that their school says homophobic and biphobic bullying is wrong. So that's up from five out of 10 in 2012 and two and a half out of 10 in 2007. However, just two in five LGBT pupils report that their school says that transphobic bullying is wrong. Just one in five LGBT pupils have been taught about safe sex in relation to same-sex relationships. Um, More than four in five trans young people have self-harmed as have three in five lesbian, gay and bi young people. And more than two in five trans people have attempted to take their own life, as well as one in five lesbian, gay and bi students who aren't trans, um, which is altogether very sad. Yeah, and I think one of the main, well, I said with those, they are very worrying statistics. As you said, the, the bullying might necessarily be, be coming down, but there's still quite a lot of work to do. And that is mainly because of something that happened in the UK, which was called Section 28. Um, If anybody out there is a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race... Literally uh, about to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. So in the the first season of the RuPaul's Drag Race UK, it is mentioned about Section 28, uh, one of the drag queens... Amazing drag queen. I've totally forgotten the name. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Oh, is it Davina de Campo? Oh my, I don't know why that one's coming to mind. Probably not. I think Please point so. that out. I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah, because she's got a, a necklace in that says DDC on she walks in, so it is Divina Decampo. Oh, thank God for that. I was gonna, <laughs> I'm plucking that from thin air, that. But 
yeah, so she talks about being being gay under Section 28. So for anybody that doesn't know, Section 28, it originated in the transition in British society from homosexuality being illegal to being legal but still discriminated against uh, following debates in the 1950s and the 1967 decriminalisation of gay sex for those over the age of 21. It was vocally opposed by in 2000 by the Labour government. So like when Tony Blair uh, and like New Labour came into power, they were all kind of staunch against it. Against the Section 28, just to against be clear. Section, yes, okay. against Section 28. And the Conservatives cheered when it stayed. Oh my God, I'm so shocked. They're such kind, wonderful people. Yeah, so what Section 28 essentially did was it meant that you couldn't promote or like, advertise gay, well, or homosexual, anything about homosexuality, homosexual relationships um, in schools at all, because it was basically as a think of the children. What somebody think of the children? Um, Every time was... you say that, it reminds me of the, uh, what's the priest or vicar called in The Simpsons? Oh, Reverend Lovejoy. Yes, yes his, his, his wife. wife. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I got some kind of quotes on it and some information about it because it surprised me how recent it was. But having my head head in the sand, I didn't know about it until RuPaul's Drag Race. Same. Uh, ne- Same. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. So I did some digging, and it. So yes, it was repealed in two thousand, and it stayed. It actually it remained on the statute in the statute books in England until two thousand and three. So while we were in school. Shit! No way. It actually it. Got, it got repealed in Scotland in 2000, but it was still like it was still yeah uh, happening in England. Scotland, 2003. Always showing us up. I don't think my school would have known the difference. So with it being Catholic, <laughs> it's just it's so fucking depressing. Like a quote from a Conservative MP Peter. I can't pronounce his name, Brunvels, notoriously said, I do not agree with the homosexuality. I think that Clause 28 will help outlaw it and the rest will be done by AIDS, with a substantial <gasps> number of homosexual dying of AIDS. I think that's probably the best way. So that was pretty that oh was very gosh. much the that was very much the ideas of the time in the eighties, uh, early nineties in particular. Do you know uh, um do you know that broadcaster who's recently died in America, Rush Limbaugh? Oh yeah, yeah. He used to read the names of people who died from AIDS out on his um, radio show with like celebration music behind. Which is, yeah, just this, that's fucking hell. That's just disgusting. As a bit of some kind of justice, I did, I'm sure I saw something about somebody raising money in his name to basically all go to Planned Parenthood, which was earthly. Yeah. Uh, a big fuck you. That's the same when people send donations to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name. Uh, but yeah, one year before his election as an MP, David Cameron said Blair's efforts to scrap Section 28 were anti-family because he was supporting the promotion of homosexuality in schools and also led campaigns in the House of Lords to prevent equalisation of the age of consent for homosexual men with that of the heterosexuals. So, as I said before, it was you know, they had to be over the age of 21, mm-hmm. whereas in the UK, for heterosexual men and women, the age of consent is 16. So yeah. big difference there. Do you know what often makes me laugh as well? In language like this, it's always homosexual men. Because mm-hmm. No one really acknowledges that 
lesbians exist because women don't have sex for pleasure well right well I got into a massive rabbit hole about this right and because I was full on like well why did it come why did the debate start in the 1950s and things like that there was a lot quite a few scandals in the UK mainly with like a lot of prominent figures in the entertainment industry in like the 40s and 50s Mm -hmm. and so it says so homosexuality was legalized in England and Wales in 1967 on the condition that they were consensual in private between two men who had attained the age of 21. But it says it was never an explicit ban for women uh, because the term lesbian uh, to describe same-sex relationships between women came into use around about the 1730s. That was like the first time that it had ever really been used. Mm. So it pretty much was kind of like a... Women would never do this. No, oh, no, oh. because women are baby-making machines. How does one make a baby with another woman? <laughs> But do you know what? Of all the so we were talking before about that paparazzi guy for the free Britney free Britney thing that I said can get in the fucking bin. Another person that can get in the fucking bin, and I am glad she is dead. I genuinely, it's one of those of like can't give an can I ask? Can I take a guess who it is? Go on. Ding dong, the witch is dead. It's not her. It's no. not Margaret Thatcher. Ugh. No, it is somebody called Baroness Young. Um, her name pops up again and again she was uh she was basically massively she (laughs) was as as anti-gay rights as you can pretty much get she was the one that was like proper in 2000 like uh hell no not under my roof think of the children she was reverend lovejoy's wife on acid and now Anne Whittacombe has taken that mantle she also she worked to try and stop legislation going through that would allow unmarried couples including gay men and women to adopt children as well so you know she what? was all against that as well i bet she is uh she was rather because the bitch be dead i bet she's anti-abortion probably and these people who call themselves pro-lifers are actually pro-birth because they don't give a shit about the children after they leave the vagine and when you point out that there are these thousands upon thousands of kids in care they're like, oh. They, sh- they go Jeremy Kyle, like proper, they should have put something on the end of it. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So if you are so bothered about all these children, why would it matter whether it's a straight couple or a gay couple or a single mother? Why would it matter who adopts them? Because they're going to be loved. Well, with the Section 28, like, yeah, teachers weren't allowed to promote homosexuality in schools. And I found quite a few interviews with teachers, you know, of that time that still talk about that they are still very uncomfortable talking about homosexuality. And a part of me was wondering, like, I wonder if that is conditioning almost. The fact of like, yeah, it wasn't just like a couple, wasn't just a couple of years, but it was very much the fact of if you comment on on anything like this, basically your career is over. But do you know what the thing that pisses me off though is promoting homosexuality by me telling you, Dobby, who doesn't know anything about the world, not not in real life, but for this argument, if I say, oh, you can get married to a man or you can get married to a woman. That isn't going to make you go, I want the woman. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how that works. But what it does do is it makes children more aware of things that go on in the world so that when they see a gay couple for the first time, they are not immediately like, and throwing shit at them. Because that's what happens when parents force feed vitriol down their children's throats, the children are going to regurgitate it. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. And that is pretty much when it talks about like bullying and things like that, that's pretty much where a lot of it comes from. It is a lot of prejudice, but it does stem a lot from parents. And yeah. 
Just, what they've learned, really. Have I mean, you um, ever been like victim to bullying in or out of school because of your sexuality? Have you ever seen anybody be a victim to... Well, I, as I've said before, um, when I was at school, my best friend, he experienced it quite a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it would pretty much be like a, a daily thing we would discuss on the way home about, you know, and it'd just be it's time to vent and things like that. I do still, like, when you said, when you're reading out those stats, it, I... I've told you before, so sometimes I do hear students and I call them out for it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, um, as much as I as much as I can. Well, like we we got most of our stats from Stonewall, and mm-hmm. Stonewall are very they're very active in the UK. They run a lot of of campaigns. Like some people are gay, just get like, over get it. over it. Some people Which, are trans, get over it. They they do run um like training sessions in schools mm-hmm. and uh, obviously to make people aware but also to have advocates in the school yeah um and it did surprise me because i said with working in education as i told you didn't i it was like a couple of months ago i heard a student say oh god that's you know like god you're being so gay and as it surprised me but i turned it around on that kid and i said when you say that's gay what do you mean and he went yeah well, it's just gay in it and i went but what's gay? Like, yeah, I was like, what do you mean? I went, what about that one thing that that kid just did was gay? It wasn't gay. I was like, so what What you mean is what you just did then was a bit st- stupid. I went, so why did you use the word gay? And he went, well, I don't know. And I just went, don't use it then. And then quite a few kids turned around and went, yeah, actually, do you know what, what you just said didn't actually make that much sense. It wasn't gay. That was really stupid of you to say. The kid got quite embarrassed. And I thought, do you know what? I, I feel, Good. I mean, I was like going, I feel bad I'm essentially publicly shaming, well, publicly shaming a 12 year old, but I was like, the, the kid heard it from somewhere. Let's bring back to... public shaming for idiots. <laughs> And yeah, I just. In like, fact, I've... have you seen the series of um, Game of Thrones yet, where um, Cersei's walking down the street naked and the woman is behind her with the shame bell? Let's bring that back. I was gonna. <laughs> well, I'm not doing that to a 12 year old now. <laughs> I'll do it. Not the naked bit. The shame bell. <laughs> I've um I've seen people on like buses on the way back from Manchester. You know, like, after nights out, mm-hmm. and even trams of people being gay bashed like usually it's a bunch of straight white lads um who see a couple holding hands and then start hurling abuse at them and Mm -hmm. i don't think when i was 18 19 i was confident enough in myself to say something Mm -hmm. like now without a doubt i'd be throwing my shoes at that person i'd be using the broccoli in my shopping bag as like a weapon get away from them but back then i wasn't confident enough Mm -hmm. Um, and i suppose maybe there was a certain level of shame there for me as well because i knew that i wasn't straight and i hadn't come out and i was scared that if i did something or said something they would know that i wasn't Mm -hmm. straight but then it's like you look back at that thinking and it's like, well, why is being something other than straight bad? Like, it's not. You're making these connections because what I was taught in school was that anything other than heterosexuality is a sin. But, you know, that's not the case. And it, actually, when I was thinking about reading through the stats before, it, I find it shocking that kids are not taught um, safe sex for same-sex relationships. Mm-hmm. You know? That still needs to happen. STIs can still be spread. And I imagine they're also not taught about consent. 
I mean, I know consent is not a discussion that happens very often in schools, but when it is, I imagine that it's all about heterosexual couples, mm-hmm. which is just, it's it's very depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be I mean, it literally, it's only like a science lesson, really, that you've learned about HIV or AIDS, and you, you learn about the science of it as opposed to how you can protect yourself against it, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, societal connotations of what AIDS was to an entire generation of gay men. Just, it's very upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, So Stonewall, they've got some hate crime facts as well. Uh, One in five LGBT people have experienced a hate crime or incident because of their sexual orientation and or gender identity in the last 12 months. Two in five trans people have experienced a hate crime or incident because of their gender identity in the last 12 months. The number of LGBT people who've experienced a hate crime or incident in the last year because of their sexual orientation has risen by 78% since 2013. Four in five LGBT people who've experienced a hate crime or incident didn't report it to the police. What a shock. And then one in 10 LGBT people have experienced anti-LGBT abuse online directed towards them personally in the last month. This increases to one in four for trans people, which is horrendous. Just, I don't think, if you look at just the online stuff, I don't think I would have coped being a kid in high school with what social media is now. Oh God, no. It is alarming. And what pisses me off as well, though, is the fact that, like, from a lot of what we've discussed today, we've kind of talked more about about younger people, people that are still in school, people that are still mature and they're going through puberty. They're going through a lot. But what pisses me off is the fact that because of their age, they are often dismissed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I mean, through a phase. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Was that that? I mean, I think parents from from people that I speak to on a regular basis, they they go, well, my my mum just says that this is either it's a phase, or I dealt with something similar at your age. You'll learn to live with it. The parents are going, oh, these are the best years of your life. You know, oh, it's all that kind of stuff, really, and Mm -hmm. it's very dismissive of people's feelings. It's almost like that, oh, well, you're too young to be really having to deal with anything major because you're not living by yourself and you're not paying your own bills. So as a result, you need to just kind of chin up, get over it. And especially the British mentality is stiff upper lip, let's let's just get on with it. I, I hate that. Because I, my previous job, working with vulnerable students who had been victims of sexual assault, for example, just wanted to get over it and not make a fuss about it. And I think that becomes even more so if it's an LGBT hate crime as Mm -hmm. well, particularly if you're not out to family and friends. It just, it makes things harder when your parents are so dismissive of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think for like one of the last things that I want to kind of that I kind of want to focus on is the fact of nowadays with te- like teaching and they're becoming there's a lot more focus on mental health and mm-hmm. mental health awareness mindfulness and things like that and they have things like anti bullying week they have a uh, mental health awareness week right mm-hmm. and that was celebrated not that long ago obviously like now we're recording this in February uh, they have mental health awareness week in like. I th- God, I've totally forgotten when it is. It's some point in the year. <laughs> uh, it's early in the year, 
But um, I, I only found out a couple of weeks ago in November 2020 that school LGBT bullying projects have been axed by the government. In what the just, fuck? Yeah, in the government-backed projects tackling bullying of LGBT students in England schools have had their fundings pulled, which surprised me and infuriated me like because came despite an earlier pledge to continue investing in schools programs targeting homophobic biphobic and transphobic bullying because they said the funding was always due to come to an end bullshit can we just stop calling them tories and start calling them cunts because they are not good people they're not good people and they should not be allowed to hold office because their behavior puts people's lives at risk mm-hmm. it was uh like the equalities office um it's been it's been targeting lgbt bullying since 2014 it's basically saying that it wasn't compulsory for schools but it allowed teachers staff and students to receive free training and workshops in how to basically deliver a better more inclusive curriculum it pissed me up in the article that I read. It just said the government acknowledges a serious impact anti-LGBT bullying can have on education and attainment and absence levels, emotional well-being and mental health. And I thought this is coming out just after Child Mental Health Week. I was like, surely out of out of all of the things that a child could be going through, if they are considering or even I possibly considering the fact that they may be identifying as mm. part of LGBT because a lot you know some children do they have questions um or they may have like certain feelings I said like uh, one of my best friends in school he said he knew from like when he was two that he was gay stuff like that is absolutely vital and especially in promoting positive well-being and and inclusivity they just don't care and mental health. They? they don't care yeah what they want to do is leave all the people who aren't straight, white, old, rich men to fend for themselves because then maybe we'll all just die off and not be a problem. Well, Boris, I'm a problem. I don't like your words and your hair, you floppy mopped wanker. <laughs> it puts additional pressure on the schools in trying to find funding then mm. to try and create the school more inclusive and LGBT friendly, which that, I mean, it pretty much, it either feels like it's then left up to the to volunteers or allies or people that really strongly believe in this stuff, mm-hmm. which is one of those of, um, unless you're either part of it or you are as an ally and you're very vocal and outspoken about it, it feels like not much is gonna change. It's not really like the, the like with my school, I. They are they are fantastic, um, especially with a lot of uh, LGBT uh, like issues. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that they can't do more. But also, I know that most of the time I'm going, yeah. But where are we going to get the money from? You know, it's just it's sad that it's not you know worth investment for some people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a very sad note to yeah. I feel like show on. <laughs> I feel like we need uh, we need to do an episode where it is just us either bitching at everything or at least just having an absolute laugh or just taking the piss out of each other because we've we've kind of had <laughs> had some heavy episodes. We have, but life is heavy, babe. Life is heavy. Uh, well, we, we're going to finish on a lighter note uh, this week. This I keep saying this week. We're not a weekly podcast. Why will my brain not accept this? This episode is going to end with two girls, two cents. And it is an agony ant problem. And it's an agony ant problem that is specifically about coming out. It's titled, Coming Out to My Girl. 
I left my daughter's dad years ago and have lived with my female partner for over 15 years. My daughter thinks we're only best friends. She was only eight when I left, so it wasn't appropriate to explain. She calls my partner auntie and assumes we live together because it's cheaper. (laughs) I had my girl round before lockdown and promised myself I'd tell her, but I couldn't. I don't know what's stopping me. My partner isn't bothered and said to leave it, but I don't want to be dishonest. So the agony aunt's response is, do you really think your girl doesn't know that her auntie is your partner? As a woman of the world herself now, I'm sure she's put two and two together. Maybe you don't want to disappoint her after leaving when she was young, but it's best to be honest. And this is good news after all. I'm sure your daughter won't bat an eye and it won't change your relationship. Uh, I have to agree with uh, the agony aunt there. There's absolutely no way that that kid does not know that mum and auntie are in a relationship unless the kid is a mute (laughs) uh yeah i i have to agree as well to be fair um although i imagine that's a tough conversation at any age to have um not necessarily with your daughter but then to come out and it's a very it's a very um it's an emotional conversation i am it is But I don't think it would be any more or less emotional than introducing your male partner to your kid. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, maybe when she was eight, she might have had questions. But I imagine now the fact that her her partner's been in her daughter's life for so long, the fact that she calls her auntie as well, I'm trying to, she'd be 23. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, into 15 and eight. I know my mom. Jesus Christ. I... I don't know why, but I didn't do that maths. She's 23. She knows. She knows. Well, that, no, that's what I mean. Is like, yeah, it's not like she's going to be like going, well, why did you leave my dad for another no, woman? Or no. anything like that. But I think- at some point she's going to go, I understand you sharing a house for it to be cheaper, but why are y'all sharing a room? Do you ever, did you ever watch that um, that Netflix documentary, that A Secret Love? No. No. Oh my god, it's it's so good. It's like if you ever feel like you need to cry, like but like cry tears of joy and happiness and just weep. Babes, like, that's what twenty four hours in A and E has been doing for me lately. <laughs> you, we've got different shows, clearly, <laughs> but that I watched it and I bawled my eyes out. But that a lot of people um, assume that of the, this couple that have been together for like you know sixty years, and it was like saying that. Um, Oh yeah, no, they're just good friends. They're just good friends, and it's just like no, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, but I think it's important that how do I say this? That sound like a dickhead. You've been with your part. So this woman is in her fifties. She's been with her partner for fifteen years. If she is not honest with the people she loves about who that other woman is, then if Val, she's called, drops dead tomorrow, and her daughter doesn't know that auntie's actually partner then the daughter's not going to want to include the partner in maybe the funeral arrangements that's a good point don't think about that also it might be a bit alien but also it just the fact of you want to be able to at least show your affection for that partner and maybe show a bit of pda a bit of public display of affection you know like it's about being comfortable enough to do yeah. that and it sounds a little bit like the they've not They've not done that out of respect for the daughter growing mm-hmm. up, but it's now getting to the point where it's like, come on. It's, <laughs> also, know, she it's knows. also, I understand not wanting to upset her when she's a kid and finding the right time, 
But now, her being a 23-year-old, you're questioning her intelligence that she doesn't know. Well, then, or, with that, though, you could then say, though, why hasn't she just come out and said, oh, for God's sake, guys, why haven't you you're also just admit it? questioning her ability to just accept these things. Like, does this woman think that her daughter's a secret um, homophobe? Well, that, that depends, because obviously it's not actually said how she thinks her daughter will react with this. It could be a fear of rejection. I think at any age, that's still a, that's a, a valid uh, fear, you know. Um, but you owe it to the partner, to be honest, as well, because... I mean, what, do you reckon what, that even when the partner said that they're not bothered? I think they probably are, because they will never be able to get married until Val tells her daughter who, you know, if that's something they want to do, mm-hmm. they'll never be able to do that because this kid... Adult, kiddle, kiddled, <laughs> kiddled. It's going to be like, ooh, why is mum getting married to auntie? I just think that you're hin- you're hampering and hindering your partner's quality of life by n- not telling this kid that this is actually my partner, and then not then being able to live out in the open. Yeah, because in in an ideal world, as you said, you you, you wouldn't have to come out. It would just be that everybody would just accept you regardless, and it, it'd be fine. And it'd be hunky dory, but think about the weight that would be lifted off your shoulders after yeah. that has been revealed, and it's out in the open. So I imagine they like they're constantly checking their behaviour as well while the kids around. Oh, don't touch me like that, or don't say stuff like that to me in front of. We her. can't have any pictures on the wall of us. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, of like just sharing a sweet moment or something like that. She owes it to her partner and to her daughter to be honest and herself. And herself, yeah. Um, because then the question is, if what's the real reason she doesn't want to tell the daughter? Well, no, he was saying it that could she, be. no. He was saying that she tried, but she was unable to find the words. And I think that's where it was like, it's oh, when, when you say like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then it gets to the moment and you go, uh, and you panic. Well, actually, and it looking just, at her age, you can't find the right time. She's in her fifties. It could be shame. Possibly, yeah. Because I mean, from what we've talked about today, it's not real. I mean, fuck it. If a daughter is twenty three, she would have grown up just after the section twenty eight. It could have been a shame thing for her as a teenager in school and in maybe in further education, but mm. not so much now. But then it's one of those of where it's like it we, it goes undiscussed for so long that it, maybe it's just easier not to talk about it. And that's going to be very hard for Val to break out of that cycle. Mm. But unfortunately, it's something that she's going to have to do. It might be a case of, do you know what? There never is going to be a right moment. It might be no. the fact that, like what you said, uh, to you, you rang your mum and told her over the phone. Yeah. I sent my mum. I sent my mum an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in the twenty first century, yo. Just use technology. Um, but I think Just we're take... both on the same page. Tell her for for, for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for once. Tell her. Rip the band-aid off. If you're out there, Val, just do it. Be like Nike. Just do it. Do you know what? I have to admit, though, most of these, um, like, agony ants, they've actually given kind of legit advice, you know, from the episodes that we've done so far. Where are the what? shit agony ants that we had? <laughs> well, it's because... I, I'm not saying the magazine, but do you not recognise who this woman is? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's great. Um, but I think that's why it's good advice. Mm-hmm. The, we'll have to look at the ones that aren't this magazine for next time. <laughs> yes. Uh, right then. So that is this episode done. 
I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like a weight has been lifted, mainly because I've had a chance to rant about Britney. <laughs> I've had a chance to rant about uh, the British educational system and it being a bit of a puddle of blank sometimes. And I always enjoy a Dobby rant. Yeah, it's my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you you sent me a joke before and I just did not respond with a funny emoji, a laughing emoji or anything. I was, if anything, I was fuming. I thought you were genuinely going to go, we'll do the podcast another time. I was like, no, I fucking need this. I need this. I, I need to get the rage out because I've had a shit day. Uh, the joke, so. just in case every, anybody was wondering, Dobby told me she was going to the opticians. Um, I was being lazy and had my phone plugged in across the room. So I gave her a little nudge on the old messenger. And I said, you blind then. Dobby did not register what no, joke no, I was going no, for. No, I, re- I registered it. I just I, I just responded. I went, no. No <laughs> laughter or anything. I was just like, no. I was like, what? Why would you say that? No. And I was like, when, I, but do you know what was going through my head when you sent it? I was like the fucking audacity of this bitch she has glasses on in her fucking icon i was just like and she's calling me blind fuck you i was getting really angry but as i said i was like i know that she's joking but i, I but as but i i mean i take you back and i'm like the pms is real the pms is fucking real i was like and i need to rant <laughs> and you just went oh i, lo- I love angry dobby so much <laughs> i do because it usually feels like i'm the angry one I'm the angry one in every relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, it has been uh, hella fun talking. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, find us on the socials. We are Two Girls One Mike UK on Instagram and Twitter, and then just Two Girls One Mike on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to give us a rating, that would also be appreciated. I thought you were uh, going to say give us a ring. Then I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> well no give us a rating good you know obviously five stars would be appreciated five star ranting skill yes (laughs) just because then it would be nice to to sort of reach a wider audience and for more people to hear my ranting skills yeah they get better with time i tell you uh rate review subscribe and have a brilliant two weeks yes and we will i'm sure we'll find something else to rant about in another two weeks (laughs) everything Bye. Bye.